0: Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for your grace and mercy. We thank you for your kindness. Lord, we honor you tonight. We are alive because you are alive, and we say hallelujah. Christ is risen from the dead. Lord, we rejoice tonight in the opportunity to be in this place. We pray for uh, the Bible studies and the teaching going on all across uh, the church campus tonight, and we pray you'd bless each teacher and leader and for us who are here gathered around your word, bless our fellowship in your word now, especially in, these, in this time as we think about the wisdom of God that comes to us from the word of God. So now, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to, to have life and share the gospel. We pray for the least of these among us. We pray for the foster children of Tennessee and across the country and really around the world. We pray that you would provide for them, your Father to the fatherless, and you provide for those who cannot provide for themselves. We thank you for that. We pray that tonight you might give us wisdom in your word, open our minds to the truth of your word, fill us with your Holy Spirit. We pray that you might teach us by, by the Holy Spirit tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good to see all of you tonight, and if you have your Bible, find your place in proverbs chapter number 15 proverbs chapter number 15 and uh scott are they is it coming out of the sides or is it coming is it good can you bring it up just the volume just a little bit i I would thank you very much i appreciate that proverbs chapter 15 and if you don't have a copy of the outline uh, they're here at the front and also at the back outside the door we continue to think about living wisely those of you who are joining us online may the lord bless you we miss you we pray for you to be here with us when you can. So I'd like for you to find your place in Proverbs 15. And we begin, I reminded you two weeks ago of what we looked at in, in detail. Uh, and we've been talking about as the theme of the book of Proverbs is the fear of the Lord. Living in the fear of the Lord. So we will start tonight by Proverbs, looking at Proverbs 15:33, The fear of the Lord is... Is the, is the instruction for wisdom When we fear God That is a form of instructing us And giving us God's wisdom The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom And here tonight we see Proverbs 15, The fear of the Lord is the instruction for wisdom How do I gain instruction in the wisdom of God? I fear God I live in the fear of God. This doesn't mean that we don't live in the love of God, but we live in the loving fear of God. And a few weeks ago, I tried to elaborate on this in some detail, and you can go back and look at the outlines as we talked about the fear of the Lord uh, in, in detail. So tonight we come and we'll read Proverbs 15, and we'll talk tonight about the importance of words. You'll find as you read the Proverbs, and we'll read all the chapter, Uh, I've been practicing this with you, so if you're uh, with us online, if you have your Bible, you'll need to find it so you can read along with us. Uh, As we're reading through, you'll discover these various themes that arise out of the text, and tonight what I'll do is I'll take the time to talk to us about uh, this focal truth that the righteous speak and listen to wise words. The righteous speak wise words and the righteous listen to wise words. But let's read the word of God first of all and let's hear the wisdom of God. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And I would mention to you, notice now how many times you, you can mark them. We have either... Uh, The the term word or tongue or lips, as it's mentioned here as we go along. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable, but the mouth of fools spouts folly. The eyes of the Lord are in every place. "...watching the evil and the good. A soothing tongue is a tree of life, but perversion in it crushes the spirit. A fool rejects his father's discipline, but he who regards reproof is sensible. Great wealth is in the house of the righteous, but trouble is in the income of the wicked." The lips of the wise spread knowledge, but the heart of fools are not so. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. The way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but he loves one who pursues righteousness. Grievous punishment is for him who forsakes the way. He who hates reproof will die. Sheol and Abaddon lie open before the Lord. How much more the hearts of men. A scoffer does not love one who reproves him. He will not go to the wise. A joyful heart makes a cheerful face. But when the heart is sad, the spirit is broken. The mind of the intelligent seeks knowledge, but the mouth of fools feeds on folly. All the days of the afflicted are bad, but a cheerful heart has a continual feast. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and turmoil with it. Better is a dish of vegetables where love is than a fatted ox served with hatred. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but the slow to anger calms a dispute. The way of the lazy is as the hedge of thorns, But the path of the upright is a highway. A wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish man despises his mother. Folly is joy to him who lacks sense. But a man of understanding walks straight. Without without consultation, plans are frustrated. But with many counselors, they succeed." A man has joy in an apt answer, and how delightful is a timely word. The path of life leads upward for the wise, that he may keep away from Sheol below. The Lord will tear down the house of the proud, but he will establish the boundary of the widow. Evil plans are an abomination to the Lord, but pleasant words are. Are pure. He who profits illicitly troubles his own house, but he who hates bribes will live. The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. Bright eyes gladden the heart. Good news puts fat on the bones. He whose ear listens to the life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. He who neglects the dis- who neglects discipline despises himself, but he who listens to reproof acquires understanding. The fear of the Lord is the instruction for wisdom, and before honor comes Humility. Now, Heavenly Father, bless a reading of your word, and may the Holy Spirit of God be our teacher in Jesus' name. Amen. So now we begin by thinking about these, this, uh, this outline I've given to you tonight. Again, the righteous speak and listen to wise words. If you are a righteous person, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you live in righteousness, you will speak righteously and you will receive wisdom from the words of others. This is not something that's just for the young, this is for all of us. As long as we live, we need counsel and we need wise words. Sometimes wise words can come from our children or from our grandchildren, we don't even know it. God speaks through people in strange ways to us if we're listening. And the righteous receive wise words, and the righteous give wise words. Before we go into this and look at this outline I have for you here, I have several introductory things I want us to look at. So keep your place in Proverbs 15. I'd like for you to go to Genesis chapter 27 for just a moment. Genesis 27, if you find your place there uh, quickly, we'll... We'll move along, but I want to read to you and give you an example of the power of words. The power of words. Uh, Genesis chapter 27. Now this is the deception of Jacob toward his father in order to receive the blessing. Here we read these words, and I want us to look at them tonight specifically for the power of the words that were spoken. Giving our children a blessing is important. Speaking to your children and giving them a word of blessing and your grandchildren is vital. Here we see the stolen blessing uh, that Jacob uh, took from his brother Esau. So we'll read beginning in verse number 30. Now it came about as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob. The blessing is up above in verses 27 through 29. He blessed him with these words, Uh, uh, verse 29, may peoples serve you and nations bow down to you, be master of your brothers, and may your mother's sons bow down to you, cursed be those who curse you, and blessed be those who bless you. These were these words of blessing that were given by Isaac to Jacob, meant for Esau, but he tricked. So Jacob had hardly gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from hunting. Uh, Then he also made savory food and brought it to his father and said to his father, Let my father arise and eat his son's game that you may bless me. Isaac, his father, said to him, Who are you? And he said, I am your son, your firstborn Esau. Then Isaac trembled violently. Who Who was he then that hunted game and brought it to me so that I ate of all of it before you came and blessed him. Yes, and he shall be blessed. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry. And he said to his father, Bless me, Even me also, O my father. Then we read read a little further in verse 38. Esau said to his father, Do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. So Esau lifted his voice and wept. Verse 41. So Esau bore a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are near. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. The power of words. It divides families. Why shootings that have taken place repeatedly if you listen to the news it's an update on who got shot recently in Nashville your recent your update your daily update on the shootings in Nashville in the surroundings area how many times they're tied to words how many times have marriages been destroyed by words how many times have children been uh, destroyed And affected for life by harmful words. But how many times have they been enriched and blessed by good words? All of you have spoken an amount of words today. Some of you smarter ones in here, you could Google it, I'm sure, and find out what is the average amount of words somebody speaks a day. Who knows and who cares? But you've been speaking words all day. You've been speaking to various people all day. You've spoken to strangers. You've spoken to your loved ones. And then tonight you'll finally finish the day. The Word of God has much to say about our words. You would, you would expect that those who are older would be wiser with their words, but that's not necessarily true. Your old age doesn't guarantee that you have wisdom in how you handle and use your words. Because our words are either a blessing or our words are a curse. And our words last. I have in my office a picture. I've given you this illustration many times. And I was very happy the Ham children were in there doing some videoing and there they saw that picture. The rabbi, the man comes to the rabbi and says, "Rabbi." I have said some terrible things about my neighbor. They're not true. What should I do? The rabbi said, go get a feather pillow. Cut the feather pillow open and place a feather on the door stoop of every man who's been affected by your words. He went and did it in the little village. And then he went back to the rabbi and said, I've done it, what do I do now? And the rabbi said, go pick up all the feather pillow. Go pick up all the feathers. And the man said, I can't. They've all blown away. He said, so you must remember a word spoken can never be retrieved. What you say is permanent. Among the uh, Jewish people, the other saying that is famous and it's true because we see it in the word of God, your words are a living thing. Your words are a living thing. People remember what you say. Now, I'm, a, I'm an older man now. I still remember things that my parents said to me when I was small. It starts soon. Don't discount words. Proverbs 4.4 says, Let your heart hold fast my words. This is the appeal of wisdom in this book. Hear the wisdom of God. Here's the wisdom of God. The word of God says, let your heart hold fast my words. And who is our wisdom? The Lord Jesus Christ. Hold fast my words. Are you holding on to the words of God? Do you forget them? Is this just an exercise you do? And this is somewhat like going to the lion's club. We just gather up here and you show up and we know each other and we have familiarity. Do we come here and hear the word of God and hold on to it? Put it in our mind. Put it in our heart. Take it seriously. Let your heart hold fast my words and keep my commandments. See, if you hold on to it, you obey it. And if you obey it, then you live. You want to live? Obey the word of God. You want to live? Hold on to the truth of God. Jeremiah 32. Jeremiah describing the turning away of God's people. Before their final destruction, as we spent a lot of time in Lamentations looking at, Uh, they have turned their back, the Lord said through Jeremiah. They have turned their back to me and not their face, though I taught them, teaching them again and again. Listen, please notice the last phrase they would not listen and receive instruction. Are you one of those people who know everything and you can't receive anything from anybody? Who told you that you know everything and you don't need any advice? Someone's fooled you. That's called self deceit. Self deception. James says prove yourself a doer of the word and not merely a hearer. Prove yourself. Prove that you have heard the word of God by doing it. Prove it well, I heard the Word of God. I go in here, I I read the Bible. Prove it. Do what you hear. Act on it. Colossians 4, 6. Let your speech always be with grace. This ought to be the motto of this church. This is what we ought to put over the entryways in here. Let your speech always be with grace. You know, when you're in the world, it's let your speech be harsh. Let your speech be rough. Let your speech be filled with hatred and anger. When we come to the house of the Lord, we come to the church house. Let your speech. When you go out in the world and people curse you, bless them. You have a choice. Let your speech always, Paul says, be with grace. Be gracious in what you say. Someone said to me one day, well, you know, I've gotten old and I have a right to be harsh. No, you don't. Not if you're saved. What a ridiculous thing to say. Your biology and your age doesn't give you a right to be harsh and rude and smart aleck with your mouth. Christians are known that we speak differently than the world. And tonight, I certainly don't need to give you an example of how the world talks. Let your speech to your family, to your husband, to your wife, to your children, to your grandchildren. This is our aim. Be gracious. Seasoned with salt so that you will know how you should respond to each person. I must speak to each person graciously in the way that they need me to speak with them. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. We speak to build each other up. We don't speak to lie to each other. We don't speak to be false with each other. We speak in such a way to encourage. Find a way to... Everybody's having a hard time. So encourage everybody. You see, when we speak this way, as Paul says in Ephesians 4.29, it ministers grace to the hearers. Now I remind you again of James 3 without reading the entire chapter. but The statement that he makes at the beginning of James 3 is quite powerful. Because he talks about the power of words and controlling our speech. James 3.2, I don't have it on your paper. If anyone does not stumble in what he says. Have you ever talked to somebody and then when you left said, I shouldn't have said that? Well, that's stumbling in your speech. I shouldn't have said that. That's stumbling. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, listen, he is a perfect man. able to bridle the whole body as well. If you gain mastery and self-control over what you say, James is saying the rest of controlling your body will be quite easy. So how do we look and how do we divide these words in Proverbs 15 up? I've given you all that introduction because I want you to see that all of the Word of God... Look, we could spend a long time going through what the Word of God says about what we say. Tonight's just a primer. Tonight's just a dipping into the book of Proverbs, into this book of God's wisdom. And here's the question. Lord, in your wisdom, what do you want to say to me about how I speak? Here's what we learn: Number one, the healing value of wise words. Now let's just think about... How words can heal according to the Word of God. Now, just follow along in Proverbs 15. Let's look at some of these words. A gentle answer turns away wrath. So, um, you know, our family was, we were loud. It was a lot, we just, by nature, we just talk, everybody talks loud, and it wasn't that anybody was upset. We just talk loud, the volume level's high. But sometimes it would be an argument, and so then the argument is escalated because somebody else starts talking louder than the other two who are fighting. And then it gets louder and louder and louder. That's when a gentle word needs to be spoken a gentle word. Gentleness. This is part of what the Holy Spirit does to us, He brings to us gentleness. Rather than our rebelliousness, gentleness. You see, wise words are gentle. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but notice a harsh word stirs up anger. And you see that under the number three, the foolishness of words. Foolish words are harsh. If you're harsh in your speech, you're foolish. And you know what harshness is. I don't need to illustrate it. Harsh speech is foolish speech. It's the the speech of a fool when you speak harshly to others. Wise words are soothing. Notice this. A soothing tongue is a tree of life. A soothing tongue. So you There's Stuart, he's always out in the in, he's always outside. He's way beyond getting sunburned. He's well tanned in his body. But when you first go out and you get in that harsh sun and you get burned, there's nothing like some aloe on your burned up skin something to soothe a troubled mind. Some want words to soothe a fearful mind. Troubled, fearful, anxious, worried, regretting, hating, pick whatever condition of the mind, soothing words. A soothing word is a tree of life. You know why? Because it brings hope it brings brings peace and assurance and comfort when the Lord spoke to people what happened they were changed by his words we speak with soothing words you know soothing words a soothing tongue is that which speaks the truths of God's word we talk about the word of God it's the, we must be those who are soothing with our tongue. Perversion in mouth in, in tongue, verse four, is crushes the spirit. That's what foolish words do, they crush the spirit. But you go on. Wise words bring joy. Uh, verse number twenty-three. A, a man has joy in an apt answer. It means that there's joy when you get a clear answer. When an answer is given and it's, you, you know, you're not, you, you you get a specific. There's joy in an apt answer. Okay, now I know. Thank you for that. What did the Lord say? Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Apt answer. Wise words bring are delightful. Verse 23, a man has an apt answer, has joy in an apt answer, and how delightful is a timely word. So perhaps you leave here, and this is, happens to us all. The Holy Spirit puts somebody on your mind. You've been doing other things, you're busy about other things, and all of a sudden someone's on your mind. And you think, I need to say something to them. Well, then go say it. Obey the Holy Spirit. A timely word. If they're not here and you can't reach them, write them a note. Write them a note. We should reinvent something that used to be what we did. Write someone an actual card. You take a pen. You take a card. You actually write in cursive writing what you all learned when you were in school until children now have to print because for some reason we don't teach them that anymore but now they start started again. And you lick the envelope and you mail it. Someone goes to the mailbox. What a, an amazing thing to get something in the mail besides junk. Sales catalogs and all the rest. Here's a card. What A timely word from a friend. You can text it but I'd prefer to write it. Words are delightful and joyful when they're given in the right and timely way. Wise words are pleasant. Verse 26. Pleasant words are pure. There's something pure about pleasant words. And I would say to you, if you study your Bible and have the time, you should take, and I've not been able to do it tonight, do a word study and look at each of these fascinating words. Gentleness, soothing, joyful, delightful, pleasant. Pleasant words. Have you ever noticed when someone, and this is really a good practice, someone is just going on and on and on, ragging about it all, going, carrying it on, just tearing it up, it's just pitiful. Interject something pleasant. Boy, you know it's a beautiful day today. <laughs> pleasant words. Well, you look nice today. Oh, is that a new dress or new clothes? Oh, have you lost weight? That'll always help you every time, won't it? Pleasant words. Have you lost weight? Gee. Pleasant words. The church needs more of this. The church needs more of this. Gentle, soothing, joyful, delightful, pleasant, and words of good news. Verse number 30, bright eyes gladden the heart. You know, it's always good to see somebody with bright eyes. Light in their eyes is what it means. Literally, it is lighted eyes gladden the heart. But good news, now this is a great old phrase, puts fat on the bones. You thought that was a southern phrase, it's a Bible phrase fat on the bones. So, mother used to say, you know, you all need some fat on your bones. It's a phrase to talk about being healthy. You know, good news brings healthiness. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Paul said it in Romans. It's the truth from the Old Testament. When people see you coming, I'm not trying to get too personal, but do they see you as a bringer of bad news or a bringer of good news? How have they decided? What have they decided about you? Oh, here he comes. You know when they say, oh, here he comes or here she comes, that usually means this isn't a good thing. Good news makes us healthy. Advising value of words. Wise words make knowledge acceptable. Look at uh, chapter 15, two. You see, I've taken these and put them in some kind of order. This is the order i put them in. You could arrange these as you study this. I'm giving you an example of how to study the book of Proverbs. You take the various themes, you find the theme, you put these passages together, put them on a piece of paper, think and meditate on them and put them in some kind of categories. I'm just giving you the ones I did. Now, words heal but words guide and advise. And we all need advice. 15.2, the tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable. You see, it opens to us knowledge we didn't have. Oh, I didn't know that. Someone says it to us, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. You see, if I have a teachable spirit, this comes to receiving words, but you see, the, when someone uses wise words, they take the knowledge they have and they use it in an acceptable way with other people wise words spread knowledge. Verse number, seven, uh, verse number seven, the lips of the wise spread knowledge. The lips of the wise don't spread gossip. That's lies and half truths. The lips of the wise spread knowledge. The knowledge of the word of God, the truths of God's word, the ways that he wants us to live life experiences based on our own experiences and then in verse number 22 we see without consultation plans are frustrated when you don't ask for any advice you get what you get don't you if you're going to do it all yourself figure it out yourself you don't even ask god well how's that working for you without consultation plans are frustrated but here it is but with many counselors or advisors, they succeed. How we need wise counsel. The early church got together. They got together and had their council to meet to talk about how now that the Gentiles were being saved, how did, they, how did they talk with them and guide them as they sought to live for the Lord. They didn't have a Bible to give them and distribute to them. So they gave them their teachings so that they could learn and the words of the Lord Jesus. Look, my friends, I hope that you have those in your life who are wise counselors, those who can give you wise advice. You're going to need it for every season of life. You're gonna need it. You're going to need it when you're young and you're gonna need it when you're old. And there's the foolishness of foolish words are harsh, they spout folly, they crush the spirit, they feed on folly, they speak evil. But the foolishness of ignoring wise words is a sad story, but it's the story of all of our lives when we didn't take good counsel and wisdom. Do you remember a time someone gave you some good advice and you didn't take it? Notice what the Word of God says in 1512. A scoffer, the word scoffer means a mocker. A mocker does not love one who reproves him. He will not go to the wise. So if, you, if you're giving words to someone, you know, you have to speak to them in a timely way. If they're living as a fool, your words are not going to be appropriate. You've got to wait for the right time. Sometimes you have to wait until they've completely fallen on their face. Sometimes you got to wait until they've been an utter failure and there's nowhere else for them to go and they've had the great pain in their life and they're ready for a word. You see, the fool does not love anyone to reprove them. Well, who does he think he is? They don't go to the wise. These are words for us with our children and our grandchildren. When they're acting the fool and living the fool's life, they will not appreciate timely words. You have to wait. But the righteous... Now, here's where we come to, and I want to try to close here with this because it's so very good. What did James say? Be slow to speak. In fact, and I don't want to chase this rabbit too much, but you can take uh, many of the various phrases in James' uh, James's letter have... Links to the book of Proverbs. It's a fascinating thing to look at the linkages, but take takes some time to study it. But here I want you to see this now. This is for all of us. The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer. Notice, this is not ponders what to say, it's what to answer when you've been asked. <laughs> so somebody comes to you about somebody in the family and they're all worked up about them, and they ask you, "Well, what do you think? What? No way. How quick are you going to answer? They come talk to you about something up at the church house. What do you think? How are you gonna answer? Can't take it back. Gotta be careful. So you see, we must learn to think twice before we speak once. Think twice before you think once. Or as the old poet said, carve every word before you let it fall. This is such an important thing for us as God's people to learn how to ponder our answers and realize that wisdom of listening to wise words gives life. That's in Proverbs 15, 31, and 32. So, what do we remember tonight as we go, my dear friends? May the Lord bless you. Well, I'm going to read to you from Proverbs 12, 17 to 19. And this will be what we remember tonight. He who speaks truth tells what is right, but a false witness tells deceit. There is one who speaks rashly like the thrusts of a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Truthful lips will be established forever. Hallelujah, the Lord Jesus words. They're eternal but a lying tongue only for a moment. You want your words to last? Then be truthful in all that you say. To the praise of the glory of his grace, the Lord Jesus is near to the door and we pray come Lord Jesus and we pray Lord help us with our words. Heavenly Father we thank you for the truth of your word tonight. We thank you for this very important time for us. Now we pause, we think about our words. Forgive us when our words have not been wise, godly words. Forgive us. Grant us by the help of the Holy Spirit to control our tongue and speak as wise men and women of God, as righteous people. May we receive wisdom from those and words from those who come our way that you send to us. May we not be arrogant and foolish and rebellious. May we receive them, may we hear them, and especially your word, may we hear it and do it. Thank you for the time we've had together. Bring us back together, Lord, as we can on Sunday. And we thank you for the time we've had. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. Good to see all of you tonight. And have a good week. And Lord willing, we'll see you Sunday. Enjoy the weather.